Hello and welcome along to a whopper evening of Irish Rally Podcasts. We have two back-to-back this evening. We're starting off in association with SVS Productions with a review of the Willie Lockman uh, Round 2 of the Forest Championship. Uh, we've Round 3 to preview as well. And we have a feature coming up on trackers. Now, people might have been wondering on Sunday what happened with the, the feature on the trackers that was supposed to go live. Well, uh, the idiot in front of the camera is solely responsible for that because he got kind of pulled and dragged a little bit and simply ran out of time. The plan was to do something like, but what we did do afterwards, uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Terry Hegarty, was set up the room and got him to show us what it looked like in a live environment. And it pretty much is in a live environment because it's wound back to when the trackers were actually operational during the actual, it's where we're going to start off. Uh, coming up after that then, Larry O'Shea, the PR of the event, will be going down through our class winners from the other day. And then Seamus Fatigue will be uh, joining us to look ahead to round three. So, yeah, as I said, we're in association with SVS Productions. Uh, we welcome everyone along. And I'd just like to say from the outset, thanks very much to Carrick Shore Water Club. I got a very warm welcome across Saturday and Sunday and met lots of great people out and about. I uh, really enjoyed the banter, and uh, it was a superb event all around. So, yeah, let's kick things off, and we'll delve straight into the segment on trackers. Okay, so we're here in the uh, tracking office at the uh, Willie Lockman Carrick and Shore Forest Rally, and we're going to get a walkthrough on the tracking system with uh, Mr. Terry Hegarty of uh, SDS. Terry, uh, thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us. Um, Thank you. Maybe, firstly, will you give us a kind of a, an overview of what we see in the room? Right, well, first of all, the main thing that takes your uh, attention is that you have three large screens at the back of the room. And this can be a different configuration per rally depending on the event. So in a normal national tarmac rally, you've maybe got three stages done three times. So we can have stage one, stage two, and stage three up on the wall there. And each stage location, as you can see, we have all the marshals' positions all mapped out per location number. So location one right through to maybe location seven or eight on these stages. And this way we can see the dots go around the screen, we can see each car clearing the stage, and if one of them should stop during the stage, their colour will change from black to yellow to draw our attention to them. So once we know they've stopped, we will look at the telemetry from their car to see, was it a subtle stop or did they come to a gradual stop? Have they pressed the OK button is a very important thing, because if they haven't pressed OK, we have to wonder why they haven't. Maybe they can't press OK. So we give it a certain period of time before uh, we would, you know, panic and say, from, right, we need to call these people, see if they're okay, or maybe they've jumped out of the car, perhaps they're just going to change a puncture, or maybe they're incapacitated in the car and they can't press the okay button. So we have the decision here in the control room to try and gather the evidence and decide what's the procedure. Do we need to stop the stage and send in medical services? Or is it simply the case that the competitors have forgotten to press the OK button before they got out of the car. Mm-hmm. So that's the information that we have to put together every time somebody stops you know, unexpectedly. So each stage we take and we watch them very carefully complete from start to finish through. And if they go through with no problems, everything's fine. And, but if we do get one and maybe they've pressed the SOS button or they've had a whoopsie and they've blocked the stage and they press the roadblock button, those signals all come through here from the, the equipment and then we can say, right lads, we have a road blocked, so that means we have to stop the stage, give it a period of time to see if they can clear the stage by themselves, 
And if we can restart the stage within a reasonable, reasonable period of time, then that's great. Everybody gets their, their run through the stage. But if it's blocked and we can't restart it within 10 minutes, then we might lose the stage completely. Yeah. So it's, there's lots of different wee procedures we have to follow. There's a lot of information coming from the cars and it's all about coming into this room, you'll have a whole horseshoe of laptops and computers, radios around the room and everybody's communicating with each other, looking up the telemetry of the cars and trying to make decisions to keep the rally running, but to keep it running safely. Mm -hmm. So I suppose the thing that I was impressed with, um, you know, I haven't had a little look around earlier when they were in action, I suppose. We do have a lot of bodies involved here in making this whole thing operate. And the actual depth of information, so if there is the stoppage, as you kind of touched on there, mm -hmm. the actual workings of getting the information of what the problem is onto the telemetry. Yeah. So that can come from a variety of different things, but obviously if someone here is touching base with the person who has stopped, they will then pass that information and it can be uploaded. Am I right in saying that? Yep. The, the whole tracking system is a two-way communication system, and that's really what it is. It's, it's not just dots on a map. We're getting information in from the cars, and it's not a matter of having to wait for a phone signal or get a long-winded explanation by voice. We get very simple information from the cars. So is the road blocked? Is there a fire? Do we need an SOS response? Or are they simply okay? They've stopped to change a wheel. Maybe they've broken down pull to the one side of the road, they're okay, the road's still passable, there's no need to interrupt the stage or cancel the, the rally because they've simply stopped on the stage. Yeah. In return, we can send them signals, and the main one we can send them is a red flag. So if we get information that the stage is blocked and we see cars approaching that location, we can send them a red flag and say, right lads, slow down, be aware that there's something coming ahead and uh, proceed with caution. But the stage is effectively cancelled, which means there's no point in them heading down a stage at 10 tenths or 11 tenths, and they're not going to get the stage time for that effort. They mm. might as well back off, save the car for the next stage, and you just don't know what might be around that blind corner or over that blind crest. Mm -hmm. If they approach the scene safely, then they can get stopped, and it mm. also means it doesn't turn into a larger incident. Yeah. So it's a, it's a communication system. It's mm. getting everything from the cars immediately, and it's about sending the, the information back to the cars as quickly as we possibly can. Yeah. But that's why it's, we're, we're trying our best to get the word out to competitors. It's so important to use the tracker. Get the information back into the room so that the room can then warn others yeah. and help keep the rally running. Mm. And it's the same with the marshals. The marshalling points that are going around the screens there, it's a way of being able to keep in touch with them. Each one of those marshals that you see on the map, we have their name, we have their phone number, and if needs be, we can then have someone in the room contact them to make them aware of what's going on on the ground. So this is a central hub of information to not only just run the rally, but to manage everything that's involved you know, in, in coordination with each other. I think in fairness, Terry, it's, it's mightily impressive that you can do this in a forestry environment as well, where mm -hmm. you know we're obviously very cognizant and very careful in how we pick the locations, so we're dependent on internet. We want a download speed, we want an upload speed. Yes. You're going through areas where you won't even get a phone signal, and this is still operational, which I think is amazing. You could be standing beside one of these cars with your phone, a modern phone, any phone at all, and you've got no signal in some of these forests, but we can get signals in and out in most places. Granted, there will always be somewhere that beats you, where you simply, because of the tall trees and the, the topography of the area, that you're not going to get signals in and out. Yeah. But they are few and far between, and that's something that has been very impressive so far. So if the sky can see you, you can see the sky, then we're happy, effectively, yeah? 
the, the equipment in the car always knows where it is. You know, yeah. as long as it can see the sky, it gets its GPS location from that. Yeah. And then it can relay everything home through a multitude of different ways. The most obvious one is through the mobile phone network. So if we've got 4G or 3G or 2G, we can still get that information home. Worst comes to worst, the, 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 the equipment will literally text home. You know what I mean? There, there is uh, radio equipment in the trackers. They can find different ways to get the information out. And if it is gone through, down through all its redundancies and it still has no signal, it'll hold on to everything until it does, and then it'll send the signal home. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a very robust system. Just to finish up, as I said, when I was here earlier, there was several people around, all of which had earpieces on. Are they listening to different information from different stages? And, you know, how, how, many, how many of those are actually working on each stage? and the information and if one of those has to make a phone call there is other people involved i believe so maybe talk us through how that works in the event of something happening if something happens it depends on how the information come in here first so depending on the incident obviously it'll come in from the competitors probably number one they'll send the information here they also have an emergency phone number sticker inside their car so that they can contact people in this room then you've got the radio network, which will always be a part of the rally. So today, the radio providers was Bill and Mary Fitzgerald. So they're running the rally. They're getting information from all their radio points as well. And then that comes into the room as well. So you have phones, you have the trackers, you have the radio system. Everybody's working together in this room to coordinate the information. And then you'll have somebody here appointed by the clerk of the course who will help make decisions on how to deal with each incident that comes up. So, as I say, there's, as you said, there's people here with earpieces. They're connected to another control room that's in Lithuania at Four Rallies headquarters. They've got access, direct access to all the trackers and the servers that collect all the information. So we can get a telemetry from each car, and it'll tell us exactly where that car is, what speed it's doing, what direction it is, the longitude and latitude of its location, what altitude that car is at. You know, there's so much information coming in, and it logs everything throughout the day so there was different incidents today for example where i was able to see that a car was doing say it was 100 kilometers an hour then it slowed to 80 then 60 then 40 20 eventually it pulled over we can go into the map we can zoom right into their location and we can see that they're at a junction they've pulled off at a layby at the corner of that junction so that the cars coming along behind them can get past and then we can get maybe a marshal we could contact say this marshal here we can bring up his name and phone number. We can contact him and say, can you see that car? Yes, I can. They've pulled over to the one side and the competitors are standing out with their OK board to let their fellow competitors know that no assistance is needed. So it's, it's a very comprehensive system based on a lot of tried and tested methods of like the OK and SOS board that has been in place now for nearly 20 years. A lot of those things are all still in place and then this is on top of that to help that yet again. To enhance it. To enhance it even further. Great stuff. Terry, it's great to get an insight into how this thing operates and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us here on the Charlie Podcast. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, some very interesting stuff there, I thought, from Terry Hegarty uh, on the tracking system. I definitely came away with a lot more information and, and insight than, than what I had previously and it is really a remarkable setup and i think in particular as i alluded to there just in regards to not have an actual phone signal in a forestry but they still work i think it's i think it's pretty cool and yeah definitely um the competitors are very complimentary of it um so it's time now to bring in mr larry o'shea who was uh, my right hand man 
over Saturday and Sunday blowing Carrick and Shore, but also the PR of the event. Larry, how are you doing, boss? I'm not so bad now, Kevin. Yourself? You're more better self than I am, actually. My microphone shit is there before I come on air. And you're there with a proper set of headphones and uh, a microphone filter and a microphone. All you cool uh, kids, huh? It's amazing what online school would push it to. Yeah, what did you say the other day? Innovation that excites, was it, or something Innovation like that? Innovation that excites, right? Yeah, it made, it made, it, made it swivel on my uh, tripod, which was, was supposed to be static by just loosening uh, a bolt. But anyway, listen, um, I know you probably should be at a meeting at the moment because there was a, you know, a club meeting there just to see how things went and all. From my point of view, I thought it was a fabulous event. Uh, your own thoughts? Uh, really, really happy, both on a personal level and on the club level. Everything ran so smoothly, uh, no incidents all day. Everyone is safe, which is the main thing. And speaking to the competitors afterwards, privately and in interviews, everyone seemed delighted. So we can't ask for much more than what we got. Yeah, I think so. And do you know what was great as well? Um, we caught a uh, kind of bit of an incident when we were live on Special Stage 1 when the Heenies had kind of gone off. I only actually copped afterwards. You had panned away from the incident, which was very good of you, first of all, because we don't know... In that situation, is somebody actually okay or not? Uh, once we established that they were okay, then we were able to pan back and stuff. But it highlighted the marshal coming down and actually getting them back up and going in a safe and secure manner, which was was no harm. We kind of fell on our feet uh, in that regard. On a personal level, I did kind of find the minute intervals a little bit difficult to fill gaps in space. Now, the timings coming in were a big help because it did help to do that, obviously. Um, and there's always been interviews, I'm not giving out the structure of it, but it's just from a commentary point of view. If you hear a lad going quite like I didn't realize we were an hour and 10 minutes on the on the stream of special we, stage one, we were having fun, like the time would be flying. That's it, that's it. And what the, the viewers may not be aware of, Larry, is that you actually went off and hid your Irish Leaves or oral exam in the midst of all this. So we go back to service park, and next thing you rock off, do your Irish oral, come back, and you're as chilly coming back as what you were going out. Um, uh, I don't know whether it's because you didn't really care about it or whether you had it all learned off, but um, yeah, you were happy enough to get through sure. it nonetheless. We weren't going to get anyone from stressing about it. You see yourself. <laughs> That's the spirit. You see yourself, the crack that we had beforehand and the crack that we had afterwards. So when yeah. I was in there, all I could think about was getting back. Ah, sure, yeah. yeah. So you're 18 years of age. I'm 18, yeah. Yeah. Well, you would ever lay it on, and I tell you, if everybody else in every club is like that that i have to deal with then i'll be very very happy because it was uh, so well structured and in fairness just to actually let the viewers know even though it was an intention of mine to focus on the inner workings of a rally at some stage you actually came to me with that idea the other day and put it all in place and i think we put together a pretty good plan in the end or you put together a pretty good plan which we executed quite well because the feedback i've got has just been amazing since that and uh, i think we covered pretty much all the base in fairness well Although I'd love to take credit for all that, I have to put it forward that it was in the club. We opened it up to the floor that you are going to be coming down. What should we do? And I can't remember who exactly, but it came from the floor that we should look at the rally. And really, that's what a club meeting is for, to get people's thoughts, because there's good ideas floating around just because someone has the title of whatever head of PR or whatever title you have it doesn't mean that there's not other people who can jump in, jump on board and help. Yeah, and look, we, we got insight into some of, you know, some of those people, I suppose, over the, the duration of the of the weekend and such. But, uh, yeah, the, the tracking segment there was great to bring to 
the viewers and listeners. Uh, but in terms of our class winners, Larry, let's let's go down through that because that's something they always like to do. And I think the other day, in fairness as well, with regards to the coverage, it was, you know, folks on the J1000s and people further down the field, which is very important. And it's not to disregard anyone in the rally. Everyone's important. But, you know, it's nice to just focus on that and make that the theme of the event. Um, and it's great for, for the up-and-comers. Like, they're all, I say up-and-comers, and some of them are, you know, the same age as you, but... You know, that's that's kind of what it's all about. So um, if you want to rattle off some of the, the class winners, I think we've won two and three in each class there, have we? Yeah, well, I, I think to start, I'd just like to mention that we had 70 starters, which for a forestry rally is a real strong entry. And we were so happy to see that we had all these people coming from not just all corners of the country, but from all corners of the world. We had people from America, people from Scotland, other parts of the UK. We were just so happy to have these people come in but um, in terms of the results, Class 2, the two-wheel drive Fiestas, Rally 4, as they're now known, we had uh, our own clubman, Casey J. Coleman, and Andy Coffey in third in class. A uh, real good drive for them. Kyle McBride and Darren Curran were in second in class. Again, another real young lad. He's going to do good things, I'd say, based on the pace he showed us. And Brendan Comiskey and Martin Connolly won out the class. And the, their pace is just exceptional all day. Uh, class four, we had Patsy Keenan and Martin Brady third in class at 14th overall. Barry Murphy and Conal Doherty second in class and 13th overall. And PJ O'Connor and Denny Greeny first in class and ninth overall. Uh, class seven, only one man in class seven, Ray Breen and Andy Hayes in that uh, lovely focus that they had. A real good drive from Ray. He told us in his interview that he's just out for the crack, but he seems to be doing a bit more than what he's telling us because he got it up to four overall anyway. Uh, class nine, uh, Damien O'Donovan and Vincent Goggins in second in class and Killian Murphy and Brian Martin in first in class. Uh, class 10 then was unfortunate that we only had one finisher from the class and it was Danny O'Leary and Daniel O'Leary. So... The namesake there, going strong. Oh, good, an ending twice. <laughs> uh, class 11, Ian McCarty and Sarah McFadden. Sarah, obviously, stepping up there, doing great things. She's in the Motorsport Ireland Navigators Academy, actually. So it was great to see with you coming through, not just through the J1000, but through the classes as well. Mike Feeney and Jerk Lancy were second in class. And Barry Mann and Ulton McGowan, which I think is a great name, first in class. Uh, we move on then to class 11R. We had Adam Semple and Connor Boylan, second in class. And again, another local crew, James Dunphy and Stephen Mackey, first in class. James would be better known for his days in a blue twin cam, but a real good drive, his first day out in an escort, so I'd say he was happy. Class 12, Sean Benskin and Anthony Cronin. We spoke to Sean off camera. Sean is what part of the Benskin Dynasty from Cork, a real big rallying family. Sean himself, I think, has done every Willie Luckman Forrester rally, so real happy to see him back again and competitive at that. Brian Little and David McSorley, second in class. And first in class, again, a local crew, Alan Cummins and Joe O'Brien. Joe O'Brien actually being secretary of the club. Uh, class 13, Hal Lewis and Tommy common were the only finishers unfortunately but uh, a good result for them 27th 
class 14, the top two wheel drives here as well. David Condell and Paul Kelly, third in class and third two wheel drive. Uh, second in class, another of the more senior members, Mickey Conlon and Paul McPhillips. Uh, real impressed with Mickey all day. Just got nipped there by John Gordon for the class win in the very last stage. Uh, only 0.8 of a second, I believe, between them going into the last stage. So a real good battle all day. Class 16 being the original junior class, the J1600s as they were known. Dylan Eves and Sean Marsh were the, the only finishers there. But again, good run from the lads. Nice clean sweep. Class 20, Michael O'Donovan and Danny Murphy. And that they were second in class. First in class, Jared Lucy and Donna Crowley. And finishing seventh overall, which I thought was a real impressive drive from the boys. And then the final class that I have to mention is class 21, which is, of course, the J1000. Jack Harris and Aaron O'Regan, third in class. Mossy Costello and Tom Murphy, second in class. And again, clubman Jack Brennan and John McGrath, first in class. I thought all the J1000s had such an impressive pace. When you see him coming down into that hairpin and the commitment from some of these people and they're only just after starting rallying, I thought just really impressive. Mm-hmm. Our ladies then, ladies crews, our first driver home was Jenna McCann and our first co-driver home was Sarah McFadden, finishing 22nd and 23rd overall, respectively. Our top club members, Ray Breen and Joe O'Brien, finishing 4th and 17th overall, respectively. And that's about all we have. Yeah, well, look, uh, we were lucky enough to speak to a lot of those that you named um, on Sunday, you know, and uh, they're all on our Facebook page. And we got some great insight, like even speaking to Tom Gann, two people that I caught that I thought I'd never get. I've been chasing for ages. Tom Gann was one, and Dave Minehill was the other. <laughs> we ran to them for a while, and uh, it was nice to actually nab them. And um, there was great hits on them, actually, and it was a great conversation with, with James Coleman there, too. Um, and, yeah, just in general, it was it was good fun. But a couple of things you remarked upon, uh, like Sean not missing an event is incredible. Uh, I saw somewhere today Martin Brady, I think, has now done five hundred and one events, which is which is incredible. And and just changing subject ever so slightly, Declan Casey's been in touch with uh, a rally no status report. Uh he was saying only two Irish crews had entered and a few more Irish navigators. So David Cross and Aileen Kelly were running an unbelievable seventh overall for stage one, but didn't complete stage two. And then Declan alongside Michael McDade. In the historic BDA class H3, they were competing in their first forest rally in 2022. A very clean run and finished overall top two wheel drive in the BT RDA registered cars and therefore top BT uh, RDA historic finisher as well. Finishing 22nd overall and fourth in the BDA class in the McDade Pharmacy RS 1800. Martin Brady uh, didn't finish due to gearbox and clutch issues. Thanks to Declan for getting in touch and uh, keeping us up to date with what was going on and, and fair play keep it late. you can obviously get in touch lads by just uh, comment and read the stream on facebook twitter and on youtube we'll, we'll try to get to them there if we can um now just one one question in as well um people were wondering the i think you gave a, a medal instead of trophy just something for class winners they just they the idea behind that uh the idea behind that really was COVID and safety. The the whole day and weeks before the rally, you set up the stages to be, make them as safe as possible. 
and everything is safe for every driver, every co-driver, every marshal, everyone is safe. Mm-hmm. So would be kind of being critical of that and maybe it'd be the wrong thing to do, we thought and we were advised that it would be the wrong thing to do to then bring in all those people who we've protected all day and stuffed them all into a big room for a prize given, bearing in mind the current circumstances with COVID. So we just thought everyone would be rewarded with their medal coming in the gate in the way that we don't have to round up people afterwards and try and stuff them in somewhere to give them trophies. Okay, well, fair play for um, answering the question. And again, if anyone has questions for anyone there, Charlie podcast, send them in. We'll uh, we'll throw them across and uh, we'll see can we get uh, answers the fella said. But uh, Lara, any any last takeaways then? Let's let's end on a on a positive note. Um, we'll definitely have uh, we'll definitely have to team up again at some stage. I think that was a uh, it was like it was a seamless transition the other day, video line yeah, and, and uh, interview or whatever. But uh, yeah, your your last takeaways before we we leave it there. Uh, I'm I'm running this, the Carrick and Show Motor Club Facebook page. If anyone hasn't already seen it, I'll, we'll just say it again here. We do want to thank absolutely everyone involved in the day. Uh, all the people involved in tracking, towing, all the people out marshalling. Like at the end of the day, all these people are volunteers. They're just giving up their free time to come along and help us. Uh, particular shout outs then as well to yourself for the coverage it was absolutely mighty and on a personal note to have such crack at a rally was brilliant and a big shout out to Tipperary Motor Club and Wexford Motor Club who both ran a stage for us and without them like these things just don't happen so really happy with all the support and the competitors as well obviously. Good stuff well Larry thanks William for for jumping on um I, I enjoyed the crack as well and it was a pleasure to go down so, uh, look, we, we'll chat to you again soon. And uh, best luck in that leaving sort, all right? Thanks very much, Kevin. Come on, Larry O'Shea, the PR there of uh, Cardiac and Shore Motor Club. So we're going to turn our attention to round three before we finish up. And Seamus Matigue, am I saying this right now? Because I, I, I've called lads' names before and they weren't too happy. Uh, you're all right, you're all right. There's no, uh, there's no, it's uh, Seamus McTeague, yeah, you'll be grand at that. Uh, on, I've, been often, I've been awful called worse. So go on, go on. And did lads, did lads survive? <laughs> oh, they did, they did, they did. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. Ah, I don't yeah, that yeah. bad. Well, listen, you're very welcome on the Irish Rally podcast here, and we're looking ahead to the round three, of course, which is uh, run by ourselves there in the middle of Motor Club. It's going to be open from Shambo on the 22nd of May, I believe. So how yes. are we fixed? What's the what's the yeah. story? Yeah. So what we've uh, what we have in store is we have. Um, we have four stages picked uh, by uh, a good team in the club, to be fair. Um, four stages picked, so nice, nice, nice wee little loop. So we have um, three uh, kind of different layout to, to other rallies. I suppose we have three stages, uh, then service, uh, then three, go back out for the same three stages, and then another service, and then you go back out, then uh, out the opposite side of the lake for. Um, another service then or sorry for another stage then and then you come back in service and then back out to that stage again so it's a little bit different but um yeah look at they're uh, a really good surface on these stages to be fair uh these have never been run before this is all virgin territory um and to be fair this is the first first time that midland motor club has ever ran um ran a forestry event so um i think it's 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 it's, it's great to see i suppose up in the northern half of the country um and look, we have we have a we have a, a brilliant surface up here. To be fair, uh, we previously used 
uh, one little section of it for night navigation and like was was there was no damage or anything like that on it. It's it's a very very good surface to be fair. Down pretty good solid surface. So yeah, look at we're looking forward to to see and cruise on it. Um, I'm looking forward to it myself uh, as the COC for it and uh, as the chairman of Midland Motor Club as well. I'm looking forward to to, to seeing how uh, seeing how, how it pans out on the day. But um, yeah, look at there's a, a good bit of interest. Um, as I was down at the Carrick and Shore event um, last weekend, there was a good bit of interest just by talking to a few competitors. And um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it is what it is, but I want to see, see, see how we get on. We have uh, 55 stage kilometers there as well. So, like, it's, it's, a good, it's a good long event to be fair. So, we're, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just remarking the other day, like, the, the grow that people have for the Forestry Championship is unreal. Do you know what I mean? And uh, already, like, the rally hadn't even finished the other day and attention was already turning to round three. Do you know that sort of way? Yeah. So, like, I can yeah. understand where the grow and the interest is is coming from. Good. But just in terms of um, entries then and stuff, so portals and all, uh, what what stage are we at there? Yeah, so we're just we're just uh, currently setting up the portal there for, um, we're, well, we're, we're using, sorry, Ingasili for our uh, entry system. And we're going using the sports the app as well for our legs of our uh, regulations and whatnot information for our competitors. And we're hoping that that's released uh, if possibly, possibly this weekend. And if not, it'll be Monday before we, we, we get a release. But we, we, we'll be releasing it in due course. Um, we're not holding it back. We're not, <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to hold it back for me. So we're not. But uh, yeah, look, uh, we're trying to try, trying our best here now to, to, to get it all, all up and running. Ah, sure. Um, it does be hectic right, in fairness, doesn't it? Like trying to yeah. put all the pieces together, and then there's kind of a, a collective sigh of relief when when you pull it off, and it is it is all worthwhile. But you know, I'll be thinking that a month or three weeks or two weeks or even day week beforehand. I don't think at times. Well, you tell me all about it. <laughs> tell me all about it. Um, yeah, look, we're 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 looking for um, we're looking for look at as many inches as as we can, of course, um, as much as the schedule allow, will allow. Um, we're ideally placed, I suppose. Look, we're in the middle of the, we're nearly in the middle of the country. Um, so look, we'll be, we'll be hoping for a nice entry from from Northern Ireland as well as uh, you know, Southern Ireland. So uh, we have a good mix there, to be fair. And like we're only, we're still only what, probably about two hours from from Dublin from the port as well, like for for, for UK competitor or whatever. So yeah, look, it's, it's, it's you know, yeah, it's all doable. It's all doable. Hundred <laughs> percent. If you have the head in the right place, um, and, it, and, and if you're well, of course, as well, is always a help. Um, yeah. So, so Seamus, in fairness, um, I suppose it is going to be, you know, I said e- eagerly anticipated. Uh, from my point of view, I'd love to be up there at it. I have a prior yes. engagement that day, but on the Monday, the plan is to uh, do a review show of the event itself. So, look, we, we'll touch base again. Um, yeah, the very best of luck with it because um, I probably may or may not be talking to you beforehand in a live environment on air. But uh, obviously, while we're on air, and there the news pushed out on social media, send her across. Happy to share. All right. Look at I was watching your uh, watching your stuff there over the weekend, and I thought uh, fair play to you. You're giving uh, motorsport a great um, a great light and a great uh, sounding board, I suppose, for for, for competitors and uh, marshals and whatnot. I suppose just one thing as well. I just want to yeah. note as well. We probably are we're going a little bit different as well with our rally. We're probably starting that a little bit later in the day, and that maybe competitors will probably notice it. But marshals and notice as well. The one if you get up as early in the morning coming to the event, um, and that that's the idea behind it is actually to give back to. I'm a competitor. I'm a marshal. 
I'm an official and all that, but I like to get back to get back to the marshes and let them have a good day out. The people that will be on the first three stages, they'll be gone home when the people are up on the, the, the last stage, we'll say. But um, yeah, look, it gives them a little bit of a, a little bit of a half an hour, I suppose, or hour extra in bed on, the, on a Sunday morning. Uh, we all like our lie-ins and OL, but uh, we don't always get them. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wouldn't be massive on uh, on, on geography now, Renton. I don't know how far Carrigan Shannon is away, but some lads might have ideas, and maybe that last star push Stanton like so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know yourself. So uh, no, no, fair, fair play. That's that is a good idea because it does entice people and it does help because I I've stood at meeting points at at, at stupid o'clock as well, and and look all right. for love and and no problem doing so. But right. definitely when when you're there and there is a later time, it's yeah, it's it's a bit more favourable. Um, it's a bit more favourable, so, yeah. We'll leave, we'll leave there for now, Seamus. Thanks for joining us. All right. No, it's all good. Perfect. There we go. And that's where we wrap up the first of two podcasts coming your way this evening. This course in association with SVS Productions. We thank them for that. We're looking forward to uh, reviewing round three of the Irish Forestry Championship. That'll be on the 23rd of May. For now, we're going to break this link. We're back in approximately 10 minutes' time, and we'll be turning our attention then with a new link to the Circuit of Ireland, which is happening this weekend. Mm-hmm.